If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast, the longest-running Gold Coast Sun show on the interwebs. Thanks to our Patreon sponsors, Dale Snelling, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and Tim. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. You can head to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. You can also support the show by like, subscribing, and reviewing the show on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Shane, and this week I'd like to welcome back to the show Michael Fish Whiting. How are you, Michael? G'day, Shane. I'm good, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Now, I did promise um, uh, another guest for this week. Uh, Andrew Hamo Hamilton, uh, so we could reunite Northern Exposure, but unfortunately he's had to withdraw due to club commitments. Um, so a bit of a shame on that, but we'll we'll soldier on and we'll try to address some of the questions we had lined up anyway. So yeah, big, big shame. I was looking forward to having a chat to Hamo, but um, yeah, he's had to keep his Brisbane Lions hat on this week, so. <laughs> Couldn't, he couldn't join us, which is a, a real bugger because he's a good, he's a great chat, Hamo. Well, unfortunately, Hamo won't get to jump in and have his say, so we'll just have to hear your side of the story. But how did Northern Exposure start? Uh, I think it was about four, maybe even five years ago that you guys started this show, and it didn't last very long, maybe six months to a year. Um, how did the concept and the execution of the show come around for you and Hamo? It was actually... Um, uh, a former media manager at the at the Suns, a guy named Sean Tobin, who worked there for quite a lot of years, probably left maybe end of 2017 or 18. And Sean obviously dealt with myself and Hamo quite a lot through work. And I'm pretty sure it was his idea. And he said, well, why don't you guys do a podcast? Um, you got, you know, you know Queensland footy as well as anyone, or you got access to Queensland footy as much as anyone has, wouldn't you start it up and see how you go? So... That was really the he planted the seed, and um, myself and Hamo are, I would say, very, very technologically illiterate. So we didn't really have a clue what we were doing. Um, so we kind of left it in Sean's hands, and uh, we decided to give it a crack. So we um, we came up. Well, I guess we sort of came up with the concept of the show of trying to look at the Suns and the Lions, which is the primary focus of our job, but also delve a little bit into Neefle and a little bit into Quaffle as well to try and, you know, broaden it and make it a little bit more of a Queensland footy show. Because there's just a... Well, there certainly was then, and I think there still is a bit of a hole in the market for that. So that was our thought process, and our aim from memory was to do it once a week. We were trying to do it in person, which turned out... Which sounds ridiculous now that we do everything over Zoom or everything over Messenger or... um, all these other sort of 
formats that we can go through, but we were trying to go in person every week and Hamo lives on the Gold Coast, I live in Brisbane, we're all over the shop, so we found it really difficult actually and um, uh, over time it just, we, we sort of, it ended up being in the t- a little bit in the too hard basket to be honest and it was a shame because I really enjoyed um, his opinion. We're two pretty different characters, he's I would say, I don't think he'd take offence at this, he's far more outspoken than I am, I'm a little bit more conservative and um, I think that made for a good dynamic with the two of us having quite different character traits but yeah, it didn't last too long, I reckon maybe 15 or 20 episodes but we had some good guests on and had some fun and it was a shame it had to finish so quickly. Yeah, it was a shame, like I've said this to you off air and I hope Hamo's listening so he hears it as well but it was very much an inspiration and a role model for me uh, starting the GC Suns cast and looking up at your show as something I aspire to. So I really took that on board in the early days and wanted to reach out. I think I tried to reach out to you guys by Twitter or something like that and I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Probably just a naive young bloke just uh, trying to use social media to his advantage. But it was always a dream to get you blokes on the GC Sunscast and talk Queensland football and it looked like we were going to have it this week, but unfortunately we don't. But you and I can still carry the torch. And uh... thanks for the thanks for the kind words, Shane. Like it's um, like it's great that guys like yourself and any anyone out there that if you've got a passion for something, get after it. And if it's the Suns or if it's Queensland footy or if it's whatever, it's a um, like you're setting a great example to get out there and get after it. The more people we have talking about footy, and this is the other thing we thought initially as well. The more people talking about Queensland footy and conversing, whether it's a podcast or, you know, a radio show or just on social media, the better. Like, we just want conversation about the sport. Yeah, and it was a tumultuous time, especially for the Suns, and I think Brisbane were mm. going through a rough patch as well That to- around that time. Um, you guys, as you said, you were conservative. Hamo was probably a little more opinionated. Um, but in hindsight... It was pretty spot on with what you guys were talking about with the problems that the clubs were facing and what you were concerned about. Uh, Did you cop any flack from the football clubs in relation to things that you were saying on that show? Because it sounded more opinion-based, whereas your articles usually focus more on uh, what the clubs allow you to to speak about in, in terms. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, it certainly gave us a bit more scope for opinion. Um, didn't cop any. I wouldn't say it was severe backlash. I think I, I know the clubs listened though, which is um, I mean they, they don't have to, but I, they quickly found out that it was a platform that we'd used to voice um, opinions and whether that was concerns. And we didn't want to make it overly negative. I mean, ultimately, it was a show to try and portray what we thought the truth was, the problem, the good and the bad. Um, I know Hamo got chatted. Uh, once or twice um, by the Suns. I can't remember specifics though, so I'm, I'm not much help there. Unfortunately, he would be a better help there. Um, but as I was telling you off air too, he's um, probably the guy with the thickest skin that I've ever met. If anyone criticises him, it, it just washes off his back. It doesn't concern him too long. Um, he's quite happy to debate something and move on. Um, but yeah, it did raise a few eyebrows around the Suns. I think from memory it was um, 
probably early in Stewie, late in Rocket Eads and or early in Stewie Dew's tenure. So, uh, I mean, either of those, 2017, 2018, 2019, that were, they were difficult years for the Suns. So, um, and a, a lot of problems to wade through on and off the field. But yeah, I know, I know he got um, chatted a couple of times by the club. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I can't recall specifics, but I do remember as a fan not being happy with some of his comments. Uh, but <laughs> as, as I said, in hindsight, it was proven correctly. And that's a benefit you guys have that you sort of see things happening before uh, as the general fan sort of understands what's going on at the football club. So it was quite insightful. Uh, how did the local clubs feel about what you were doing because you did spend uh well you made a concerted effort to speak to people from southport or labrador or aspley and talk about that level of football yeah we did look to be honest we didn't we probably didn't get as much feedback from the quaffle clubs as i mean we weren't out there seeking feedback but um we definitely tried to make an effort, whether it was to delve into uh, an issue at QAFL level or just to go over the matches from the weekend. We certainly tried to touch on it um, every week, whether it was a match of the round or, a, or an issue at that level. And um, I remember we had Aaron Shattuck on one day, which was um, a great episode. I mean, he's he's got a bit of a, an association with Hamo. That was a that was a really uh, good and insightful chat. We we didn't get a lot of feedback from the um, Quaffle clubs, to be honest, which was, uh, I wouldn't say it was a shame, but uh, um, I don't even know if they listened, to be honest, but but it was certainly um, important to us to acknowledge um, the different levels of Queensland footy, because while the Suns and the Lions are at the top, and that's probably aspirational for players, and that's what um, the majority of fans look at, there's obviously a lot of deeper layers that need to be acknowledged, so yeah, pro- probably not a lot of feedback from the from the Quaffle Clubs. Okay. Well, personal feedback from me, The I really didn't know too much about local football clubs in Queensland. And uh, it wasn't really until you guys started talking about it on your show, which, of course, I tuned in for the Sun stuff, that I sort of got an understanding of Southport and just and Labrador and the sort of competition and rivalry that those mm. two clubs have. So it was really uh, eye-opening on my my heart behalf and I think a lot of fans would have felt the same way there uh, how, this is probably more for me personally but how did the recording of the shows go because as you said you tried to do it in person and you two aren't the greatest when it came to um, Mate, that, is an, that is an understatement <laughs> oh, you <yeah>, are <laughs> terrible um what so was the, the process well, then? Who recorded it then for you, and ha- how did that usually go down? So Sean, generally Sean recorded it. So we we would be in, um, yeah, we'd be in a room together. Sometimes that was, some, like, generally it was away from the Suns. Sometimes we were at Bond University on the coast. Um, oh, we had we had a few different venues to be honest. What once or twice we actually recorded at the Suns which was probably a little bit cheeky. Um, <laughs> but, but, but we had we generally just had a room and sometimes, I mean, if people go back and listen now, you'd, geez, I cringe listening. Not that I've gone back and listened, but at the time, some of the recordings were so echoey and we couldn't get a good room. and um, We had small little uh, microphones each. Um, Sean would hook us up and, and he'd record it and then 
um, another a friend of ours from the Sun to just um, load it for us onto iTunes and Spotify and wherever it, wherever else it went. So we were really hands off the wheel, to be honest. Um, we just turned up, um, organised the run shit. Like I'd sort of organised the quote unquote produce it, probably like what you've done tonight, and um, Hammer would do most of the talking, and away we'd go and. and once we stopped recording, that was in Sean's hands, so we kind of left a lot of it up to him, to be honest. Well, I actually went looking for the episodes in the last couple of weeks when we started planning this out, and I, I honestly, I couldn't find them. I looked everywhere. Oh, no, they're I, dead. They're dead and buried. <laughs> I, I think so. I did find a link uh, to an iTunes site, but I don't have Apple products, so when I tried to access it from my PC, it just seemed to crash. So I'm not sure if that means the link was dead or if I just couldn't get access to it. But uh... I should have a look. I, I do have one. Um, I'll make this quick. I do have one interesting story from from recording the podcast. Once yeah. we, and it does link to the Q Clash actually, um, which obviously happens this weekend. We teed up Simon Black, who Hamo's quite good mates with, and a guy I got on. Um, very well with over his playing days and subsequently as well. So we decided to organise to speak to Blackie once. I think it was ahead of a Q clash actually. We went into a studio at the Brisbane Lions and they were recording for us. They know that we're pretty hopeless when it comes to um, technology as well. So we got Blackie, myself and Hamo into a studio. Honestly, it was probably one of the best 40-minute chats I've had with him. He was really open um, Talked about the rivalry, something that I'm sure we'll get to later as well. Um, uh, and then he, him and Hamo were both off to the airport. I think Hamo was going to, I don't know where, they were both off to the airport straight away. I got a text from the Lions um, guy probably two or three hours later saying, mate, I've got some really bad news. That didn't record. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had to sheepishly get in touch with Simon Black and tell him that he's... Um, time that he donated us was for absolutely nothing and we had this wasted episode so it probably wasn't directly our fault but it probably sums up um, the direction the show headed in the end unfortunately no it's it's a normal thing i actually had it happen to me a few weeks back ago i had mitch cleary on the show great chat and it just happened to get lost on the computer and I couldn't it's cover the, it. It was the, corrupted. And no matter what I did, I just couldn't save it. So it does happen. And you're usually scratching your head after going, I don't know what happened there. Just an awful feeling too. <laughs> and it's obviously an accident. Like it's not something you want to happen. It's not something you mean to happen. But uh, it really sucks when you waste some good material. Yeah. I spoke to the boys at AFL Exchange and apologized to Mitch about that as well. And they were completely understanding. They've been in similar positions where they've recorded interviews and it hasn't gone through. Uh, Cal Toomey was actually telling me a scary story of how Bill Brownless abused him because of that. So um, oh. I can imagine that would have been rough on him, especially in yeah, the early days. I bet. They're great fellas, the exchange boys too. Did a little plug for our website, but um, all good fellas, those three. Yep. Um, all right. Well, before we move on to the Q Clash, I just want to say if... Uh, you and Hamo ever decide to try and do the show again, I'm more than happy to take care of all the um, recording and help you guys on that side. Well, we might take... Obviously, for, I'm sure most people listening know that Hamo um, is the media manager for the Brisbane Lions. Um, 
he's been doing the job for about 12 months now. Obviously, a total flip of roles for him, but um, circumstances of last year forced that a little bit, and uh, I'm not sure how long he plans on keeping in the role, but if he ever gives up that role, I'd be keen to do it because uh, he's a great talent. Like He knows as much as anyone. He's a journalist that I looked up to, and like I've told him that he's someone that I looked up to. He's a great news gatherer and has more great relationships and contacts than anyone and does have an opinion on things. So he's great podcast talent. Yeah, well, hopefully something like that happens in the future. But until then, it's uh, the GC Sunscast and we are going to talk about the Q Clash. So a big rivalry which had uh, some shaky feet in the early days and I guess even now when you compare it to uh, Showdown or Derby, it's it's not as as much of a rivalry as you would want it to be. But as a journalist, you would you would have been there in the early days of the Q Clash. Did it feel like it was manufactured as a rivalry? Because as a fan, it, it sort of felt like everything in the early days was uh, scripted. Yeah, you're right, it was. Um, loosely, it was. I mean, the first one in 2011, the famous line from Simon Black, who's probably the most conservative... 300-game player to ever play, calling Jared Brennan the Michael Riscatelli mercenaries in the lead-up to the match. That was a famous line from Blackie, and I think he was loosely encouraged to go out and um, drop a bomb pre-match and say something inflammatory about the Riscatelli and Brennan, who had obviously left Brisbane in the previous off-season. So um, he was encouraged to do it. He may have gone a little bit further than, <laughs> than the line's expected him to but um, that was certainly I mean you could say that was manufactured that was that was the first match and it backfired and I reckon as soon as that backfired on Brisbane I think they got really coy and went back into their shells and were never going to do that again so that first one was manufactured for sure and and the early years were I mean my memory is it was very difficult to drum up interest on it because both clubs were struggling so much and I think most good rivalries come when both clubs are successful and they've got something to play for them. Unfortunately, we haven't quite got to that yet. I mean, there's been incidents along the way, which we'll get to, but um, certainly the early days, there was a, a lot of attempt to manufacture something. Yeah, um, I guess the early days, my memory of it being on the other side of the fence is obviously Brennan and Riscatelli. Uh, coming over to the Suns and that was big news because the Suns were only allowed one player from every club and yet they'd somehow convinced the AFL to make an exception as uh, they took two from Brisbane and both were highly rated for Brisbane back in those days Uh, and then of course that infamous Q Clash 1 where the Suns ran out unexpected victors and in what was a fantastic display, it was the first time I'd ever seen the Suns win a game. And I think we had we had hangers from Nathan Cracker, who also kicked five goals. Uh, performances from Brennan, Riscatelli and Ablett all sealing the win. It was a fantastic day to be a Suns fan. And uh, <laughs> no sweeter place to get victory against a, a side which would become your arch rival in future years. Yeah, I actually think it's still probably the 
best game between the two clubs. Like it was so 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 exciting. It was end to end. I actually just watched some highlights of it today. Cause I'm going to put it in a, um, refer to it in a piece on the website later in the week. But it was 18 goals to 17. You're right. The hanger from Cracker. Liam Patrick took a spectacular mark and kicked a freakish goal. Um, Ash McGrath kicked six goals and a half for Brisbane. Um, it was Gold Coast's second win ever and totally unexpected. Um, it was super exciting. It was um, almost like a game of basketball. It was up and down and both teams you know, clearly got over 100 points and super exciting game. So probably gave the rivalry a little bit of credibility straight away. Yeah. Um, but then it's the ensuing couple that. of matches, it's, yeah. it was a bit, little bit one-sided. So yeah. it, it just didn't really gather momentum. But do you think the Q Clash now has reached a... I'd say a finals type atmosphere is probably a bit strong, but it's certainly starting to get to that stage where you expect tough physical contests uh, when it comes to a Q Clash, doesn't it? Yeah, I do. I do expect that. And that's probably because of the brand of footy both teams play. Like That's how they... Um, they both want to play that way. They want to be physical. They want to be high-pressure teams. Um, last year, probably the first quarter, first half from Gold Coast was a bit flat and was a bit of a letdown. But other than that, the, generally speaking, the last three or four years have been really competitive and there does feel like there's a little bit more in it. I can't wait until, I mean, hopefully Saturday and then really later in the season, it would be amazing if... Um, the Suns were playing for a final spot and the Lions were pushing for top four. There was something something tangible at the end of the match, an implication for the teams, but I think that would take it up even another notch. But it's certainly um, intensified over the years that there's a, there's a bit of genuine... Well, I still don't think it's dislike between the clubs, but there's some genuine rivalry there. Yeah, there is. Um, when do you think it was the moment that the rivalry escalated? I mean, it all, all signs really kind of point back to the Tuke Miller-Dane Zorko mm. incident from a few years back because uh, that just sort of carried on over not just one but a couple of games. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the T-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. James, uh, you could go back even further to the Stephen May bump on uh, Steph Martin and Tom Rockliffe. Uh, Which one do you think carries the more significance? I'm with you. I think it's the Miller and Zorko. Like the the Steve May's hit on Steph Martin was like ugly, and it was it probably was fireworks. And he copped a five week suspension, and it was something we could always ask Steve May about. You know, come the next Q clash, and whether it was going to escalate again, and it never really did. But I think the the Miller and Zorko those two matches in 2018, that was that was genuine dislike between the two of them. And it was something that could roll on from one match to the next to the next. Um, so I'm with you. I reckon that's where it's uh, where it really kicked off. And I don't think Dane had looked back on those incidents too fondly because I don't think he carried himself very well, which has probably been discussed at length. But um, 
it's almost a bit of a shame that Tuke's not a tagger anymore because it was. Uh, I think the perception out there is that even this weekend with Tuke missing, that oh, you know, Zorko is going to be pleased now, but he he hasn't tagged him for a couple of years. Mm. But um, that's definitely the moment when when it took the um, Q clash up a notch. Yeah, because it kind of took it off field as well because mm. it sort of showed the like. Not saying this is Dane Zorko's character as a person but it sort of showed an ugly side of his character and especially as the captain of brisbane lions you'd expect any captain of any football club you'd expect to hold yourself to a higher standard because you're representing more than just yourself and it was probably a very uh sad point in dane's football history yep and oh um, yeah i don't think there's any doubt he he does not look back on that fondly yeah um it was. It wasn't good. He didn't hold. Him, didn't conduct himself well. And and yeah, like you said, I think I think Dane Beams might have still been the captain at that time. But like it, Zorko was a senior player, and certainly if he wasn't the captain, he was a vice captain. Like he's a leader at that club. Yeah. Um. You know, you'd like to think he he learned from it. He sort of plays with a bit of an edge, and he's always pretty cheeky, Zorko, and he's um, a bit of an in-your-face type of agitator at times. But he obviously. Like I think he went over the top against Tuke, and yeah, you're right. It did it, like it bubbled along off the field and bubbled along between matches there for a couple of years. Dane Zorko is an interesting one because it seems like the media constantly bring up that he was traded from the Gold Coast and that he holds that against the Gold Coast. Are you aware of that sort of conflict? Has he Zorko come out and said he was uh, disappointed with that? Like, was he expecting to play for the Gold Coast? I think I think initially he was um, I don't know if disappointed is the right word. I think initially he used it as a bit of fuel because the obviously he's a Gold Coast boy and the Gold Coast um, well they didn't overlook him they just did traded him and, and didn't want him and I think initially it might have stung Zorko a little bit but that was very fleeting. I think he moved on a lot quicker than what it's made out to be. Like mm-hmm. I think after. You know, I don't want to put a time on it, but it was it was pretty quick. Like a year or two, he moved on and was just happy to be playing for Brisbane. And I think any thought that he still harbours a grudge against the Gold Coast is overblown. Yeah. So, um, what would have been your favourite moment in all the Q Clash history, whether it be wins or off-field incidents like uh, the Zorko stuff, or anything from? Uh, your time reporting, like being backstage and talking to the clubs, has there been one moment that sort of stood out as that's really memorable Q Clash stuff? Oh, I'm probably going to be boring here to be honest. Like, it, it's honestly the Zorko and Miller stuff. <laughs> I remember going to, I think it was the first, I think it was the first time it happened. Um, so that would have been early 2018 and, and that was when Zork didn't, Shake Tuke's hand after the match because Tuke had given him an absolute bath in that match. And I remember going down to Currawa Surf Club, I reckon, on the Monday, and the Suns had decided to put Tuke Miller up to speak because it was obviously like a hot topic in the media. And I just remember Tuke having like a really steely look on his face. This was in the minutes leading up to it. I wasn't sure whether he wanted to confronted or deal with it but I just remember looking at him thinking 
this guy does not, either does not want to do this or does not like Dane Zorko. Like he had a very stern look on his face and up and right things. Yeah. It's a, it's a rivalry that we we're all looking forward to this week with, unfortunately, Miller being ruled out with uh, suspension. I wonder how much of that, though, is in relation to the hamstring ish, issue he suffered from. Hey, you there, Shane? Yep, yep. You were just oh, yeah, sorry, mate. sorry, mate. I thought you just dropped out. Um, yeah, no, sorry. This was from the yeah. This was from the initial. Sorry, I meant from the initial incident three years ago when he had to do a press conference two days after the match. Yeah. Um, I just remember thinking that's when it hit me that there was a rivalry. Um, so I mean, there's been some. I mean, there's been some talking points on field. Um, the first match was exciting. Uh, you're cutting out again there, Michael. Okay, we've got a bit of dead air here as we try to get Michael back on the air. Bear with us. Thrilling radio, this. While we're waiting for Michael, uh, the Gold Coast Suns took on St Kilda and unfortunately lost 54-63, to lost by 9 points. King kicked 3 goals, Miller 33 disposals, Swallow 28 disposals and Greenwood 7 clearances. Good stuff there by the Suns. Uh, it's interesting though because they were in front at three-quarter time, 15 points in front. And uh, they just couldn't get the job done. That is... Sorry, guys. Technology is a fickle thing. Okay. And Michael, have we got you back on the air? Gotcha. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Sorry, we're... uh... No, that, that's fine. I just had to try and fill some dead air for a bit. But yeah, we're, we're back on track. I was just quickly recapping the uh, Sun-St. Kilda game. But uh, what we were talking about with the Q clash, uh, I, let's... Not, yeah, go. Keep going. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I cut out there. I was just I was rabbiting on and didn't realise I'd um, dropped out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly either. Um I was just saying that I thought just just one more Q clash memory I had and it wasn't a good one, but the, the 2014 match at the Gabba where Rockliffe and Pierce Hanley had a field day, it it really sticks in my head as the beginning of the end for Guy McKenna as a coach. Um, it was two two weeks after Gary Ablett popped his shoulder and Gold Coast were well and truly in the finals hunt. Um, expected to beat Brisbane, came out and laid an egg, and and after that the season just fell off a cliff and um, the, the Suns barely fired a shot. So it wasn't a, a great memory, but that match at the Gabba, which was in pouring rain, really sticks in my head as a like a crucial moment in Suns history for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, not a match I remember. I think I, I, think I actually went to that game. That was up in, at the Gabba. 
Yep, and, yep, and uh, it poured rain. Yeah, it wasn't pit. a fun day to be a Gold Coaster traveling up to Brisbane that day. And uh, I wasn't a fan of the food they were offering at the Gabba either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Metricon does have the Gabba covered for food, I reckon, just as a side note. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, there's some good places there at Metricon. Although the uh, gluten-free donut place is gone. They've got a... I saw the oh, other really? day there's a Dinky D's and they've got donuts and stuff as well. But yeah, the gluten-free donut place doesn't seem to be there this year. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Um, all right. Have you been paying much attention to the fact there is a Northern Exposure football podcast run by Triple M at the moment? I didn't know this. Um, Hamo, of all people, Hamo, who doesn't sort of pay attention to this stuff normally, sent me a screenshot of the name and had a couple of expletives with the with the text. But uh, and that was the first I'd known about it. So, um, and that was only this year, to be honest. So I don't know how long it's been going. Um, but he sent me a screenshot of the name and um, yeah, had a few choice words that went with the went with the text message. Well, from memory, so <laughs> from memory, I think they started around halfway through last year. The Triple M's been sort of putting out a, a Adelaide-based uh, football podcast and a, a Sydney one and a Queensland one. So, yeah, they've sort of taken your name and run with it. But I yeah, guess you guys probably didn't have any trademark, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> We should have trademarked it. Like I said, we're not we're not real bright, Shane. And the, <laughs> like I said, there's no record of your podcast. I can't seem to find it anywhere. No wonder they took the name then. They probably didn't know it existed. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're talking about the Q-Clash Cup is broken and they reckon they've got a big scoop on, on who broke it and everything. Are you aware of this? Uh, I am. I do. It certainly was as of last year, so I haven't seen the cup for a while. Um, I might get to see it this week. I'm not sure, actually. But as of last year, it had been broken for a while. And had anyone owned up to breaking it? But I don't don't know that story. No, I don't know how it broke or or why it broke, but it has been for a couple of years. I remember me and Hamo randomly, I think maybe a year or two, it must have been two years ago, had a photo taken with the cup. We thought it'd be a cheesy little photo for me and him to get a shot with the cup at a press conference, and and it was broken then. I think that was two years ago. So um, I don't know if it's. I assumed it would have been fixed by now, but maybe it hasn't. Maybe it hasn't. Uh, we'll have to watch that next time they bring out some sort of footage of the cup. We'll have to look a bit closely. Maybe freeze frame all the the images. Have a check. I'll try and find out this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, throw it up in one of your articles as well. Find out who broke it. Blame that would be Brisbane a good idea, actually. If we can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the, the final question regarding the Q Clash. Uh, I spoke to you briefly about this today, but with the whole drama over Port Adelaide wearing their prison bars as part of the showdown, it got me thinking... What can the Suns and Brisbane do to acknowledge the heritage of Queensland football in a Q clash? Now, the obvious answer is to go back to wearing heritage jumpers. Uh, Brisbane's got the answer pretty much sorted with their old Brisbane Bears jumpers. But the Suns are in a more tricky scenario. They've really only had the one jumper throughout their history in the AFL. Uh, we could go back to their yellow jumper they played in the VFL with. But... Uh, a couple of ideas I've had is how about we put 
the the names of the local football clubs on the Suns jumper, sort of work it that way, maybe a different shade, keep the same sort of red uh, or something like that and pay some tribute to the the clubs that have held up southeast Queensland football for the last 20, 30, 40 years in Southport, Labrador, Broadbeach and those sorts of places. What are your thoughts on acknowledging that sort of part of Queensland history? I don't mind the idea of the names. I, I quite like it. I don't know how it would look on a jumper. Um, it doesn't have to be ghoulish and dominating a jumper by any stretch. Um, I don't mind the idea of the names. It is tricky when it comes to heritage and there's a club that's like the Suns that's 10, 10 or 11 years old. That part is a little bit tricky. So I don't mind that as an idea. When you suggested that, I um, I quite liked it actually. As I was saying to you um, before we started recording too, I'd, just to let the um, listeners out there know, I really respect what the Suns have done with the local clubs, particularly in the last three or four years. They've made a much, much bigger effort to not only to not only get out to schools, but to get to clubs, coaches going to clubs, um, the player draft, which has been going for a few years now, to ensure that a handful of players um, and coaches are getting out to those local clubs. So it's not necessarily marking heritage like you're talking about, but I just wanted to get it on the record that um, Suns fans and supporters out there can be proud of what their club's doing to engage with um, the local clubs under, underneath their own. Yeah, yeah. I think something like that would be great for the AFL football and Queensland football and hopefully the clubs look at doing something like that in future years. Uh, But we are approaching Q Clash 20. It's going to be an interesting week. We've got the VFL side playing on Thursday night and that's going to be live on Fox and KO. So uh, you don't have to go to the game if you can't get there. Um, are you going to be at the game, or are you going to watch it on uh, KO? I'll be watching on on uh, KO or Fox, I think. Um, yeah, I'll save the late night of going down to the coast and coming back. <laughs> uh, I I'll, did... uh, but I'll, I'll be front and centre watching on TV. Yeah, I did see today it's free entry and free car parking for, for Gold Coast members. So if you're interested in a bit of Thursday night footy, get along to Metricon for that. Uh, unfortunately, Miller is going to miss the Q Clash this week. He's suspended for one week. A uh, bit of questions on whether his his they didn't challenge because of his hamstring. Uh, what are your thoughts on that suspension? Uh, it, it's a difficult one, but it doesn't seem mm. to be getting much media traction this week. Do you think it was a, a fair suspension? I'm um, I'm a fence sitter with this. I, I felt a bit uneasy with him getting a week, to be honest, and I'm probably in the minority, and maybe I'm looking at it through Queensland glasses. I understand the whole if you bump argument, but I think my interpretation of that is when you have a choice to do something else, like tackle, you should be tackling. If you're shepherding or blocking, the only way you can do that is bumping. So I, I feel like it's... What Took's done there, he didn't leave his feet. He almost lowered his body a couple of inches. And yes, I know there was a, um, a little head clash there with, with Nick Caulfield, and it's not good. I, f- I find it difficult to judge because we know that the, the head's such a protected part of the body, but um, I, I really do think that opens up a whole um, 
that opens up a can of worms for anything that's off the ball, shepherding, blocking. How can you how can you coach someone to shepherd differently to what Miller did on Saturday? I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like a genuine football action, and that's what that's the way I look at it. That's a football action. Uh, and then you look at blokes like uh, Bailey Fritch from Melbourne last week who gets off for elbowing a bloke in the head, um, and the excuse was he was pushed. Well, you know, I, I think it's a very tricky tightrope they're wa- walking on the AFL, and it's, it's very interesting just to, to see that the Suns have decided not to challenge that, is my opinion, and maybe that is to do because his hamstring, and they thought he was probably going to miss a week anyway. Um, it- Nick... I was going to say, is the, is the head um, protected at all costs? I guess that's the consistency that we want to see and we haven't seen that in the first eight weeks. Yeah, I think that's it. Every, I think everyone can stomach that if the head is protected at all costs, but there's just been a few examples where uh, a few exceptions have been made and they're questionable exceptions at best. Uh, Nick Coleman was concussed. He had a head knock himself. Uh, he, he'll be out for this week as well. And Jacob Townsend is listed as a test, so he should be available to play in the VFL game or the AFL game if they want to pull him straight into that level, but we doubt that. Uh, Big news for the club tonight, debut of Malcolm Roses Jr. against Brisbane. So the lively small forward from the Northern Territory will be making his debut, and he's an excitement machine. It's going to be fun to watch him play this week. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I'm really glad they gave him a debut. I wondered whether... I thought the easy option would have been to bring Alex Sexton in or you know, maybe bring Darcy McPherson as a small forward, but I'm really glad they've gone with Mal Roses. Um, he's been pretty good form. I think his most recent match wasn't great, but, but everything before that was terrific. And um, I like the fact that they've replaced Nick Holman's pressure with another pressure player, so... And I think that's an area they... Um, Brisbane's half-back line needs to be slowed down if Gold Coast has a chance to win, and I think that's what um, Mally Roses will bring to the team. Yeah, and uh, we've seen him run through the middle in the VFL games, and he looks lively like anything could happen when he's there. So he's a player to worth watching. He might have a shocker of a debut and not do too much, but he could also be one of those players that has a bit of an Isaac Rankin X factor about him and just have an absolute blinder and everyone's just amazed at what he can do on the field. Uh, certainly a player to, to watch and looking forward to that. So Gold Coast take on Brisbane at Metricon Stadium, 4.40pm on Saturday. A great time slot for Gold Coasters and looking forward to getting along to that and checking it out. I assume you'll be there, Michael? Sure will. Can't wait. I'm with you. I love that time slot on the Gold Coast. Um, I think it's a great time to watch footy and should be a good contest. Um, I, I think Gold Coast Gold Coast have been competitive for 90 to 95% of this season and they'll be steeled by the poor fade-out against the Saints last Saturday. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, a poor fade-out it was. Uh, I've only got a minute or two here, so I'll make this quick. But if the Suns hadn't lost Rao and uh, Wits in the early games of the season, you'd think they'd be a very strong chance right now to be 7-1. and one. Um, Obviously, that's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. But it just sort of shows how, how, much the, how well the Suns are going this year. And they, they're in front in 
in the last quarter in most of those games with the exception of the Bulldogs one. And uh, they're, they're traveling quite nicely. They're just not getting over the line and getting those wins. So eventually that will come. And when that does, it's going to be great to be a Sun supporter. Just one quick stat. Footy manager today, John Haynes, so I have not double-checked this, but he, he said that the Suns are, um, have led games, that they're fifth in the league for time in front in games. So it shows that they're competitive and in front for long portions but haven't quite been able to finish it off. You'd like to think the more you're in front, the more practice you get, the better you get in those situations and that eventually you'll you'll push that door down and uh, start racking up the wins. Yeah, that's a great stat. All right. Well, thanks for joining me again, Michael. And uh, pleasure. Until next time, go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.